Hey guys, it's the Fantasy Life Podcast brought to you by Paramount Plus, and we're talking matchups. I'm Sam Holt, joined by Chris Allen and Cooter Doodle. Guys, football is back. Let's go. Let's start talking about it. Week one, baby. I don't know. I mean, I'm ready now. If you'd <laughs> asked me the same question like seven months ago, I might have had a different answer, like right at the Super Bowl. I don't know about y'all. I need like a short break away from football. Go out and touch grass like the kids are saying these days and just just give me time to like ramp up, like to get ready for like the new season. We went through best ball, the summertime, you know, hot best ball season. I was digging that. And then now we get to just more or less like just end all those offseason debates that like just everybody had like their whole Twitter threads about why Javante Williams is going to be the guy this season and his ADP is terrible or why uh, JSN is going to outscore Tyler Lockett. I mean, all that stuff stops. We get to, or at least theoretically, some of it might, you know, some of it will stop because now we just get to actually watch football. But then I'm assuming a whole new breed of arguments are going to break out. But at least then it'll be backed by actual data and all that. So that's what I'm looking most forward to with kickoff, ha kickoff happening later on tonight. Oh, yeah. Overreaction season is here and I'm so ready for it. But like you said, we have data to back it up, right? We can see some numbers and we can at least throw that at people. Absolutely. That's all I care about. Just throwing numbers at people. That's what I do for, you know, that's what I do here is just throw numbers at people all day I long. Throw, I throw vibes. I throw fear and panic. And <laughs> and actually, speaking of panic, do y'all want to talk about our punishment league that we're doing? I do not. I actually look at my roster. I do not want to talk about it. <laughs> I do because there's been so much anticipation. So I can't wait for everyone to hear about this very complex league that the Fantasy Life team has concocted. Oh, man. So look, guys. I just got to say, I've never done an 18 team league in my life, but this is so this is a first, but it's not only an 18 team league. We also every week it's best ball and every week the lowest scorer from our fantasy life team gets booted. Their players are just dead to us after that. You can't pick them up on waivers, but even worse, you have a random punishment that we do every week. And the person that loses not only loses out on the fun and gets kicked out, but they have to complete the punishment publicly we write about it we're gonna have articles videos it's gonna be it's gonna be pain for somebody every week no absolutely i mean and the generator over on fantasylife.com is amazing like we really went all out in terms of trying to think of every type of possible punishment so it's a lot of fun to just play with but definitely something that i hope that everyone gets used to doing all season long because they're just you can make them spicy you can make them mild you can make them in any possible way and they're so much fun i'm honestly it's fun to play with the generator but knowing that i'm in this league and everything that's on the line against 18 people of the fantasy life team that are so good at drafting and sniping every possible player on my list makes it a little bit more nerve-wracking in terms of how I want to finish this league strong, but also unscathed. <laughs> I don't know. It's It's been brutal drafting with everybody because to your point, Sam, I mean, we are all, I mean, so in tune with uh, everything that's going on in the league, whether it's ADP, whether it's uh, like the rookies that are coming up, uh, projections, I mean, all that stuff. I mean, for folks that haven't already, you're going you know, to be living under a rock up until like kickoff. I mean, go to fantasylife.com, check out all the tools we've got. But it's just so difficult because we know each other's tendencies at this point. We know most like how folks are going to draft. I'm sitting here, I've been drafting right next to Kendall Valenzuela, our social media director for Fantasy Life. She has sniped me twice. Right. And it's just like every time like she like she like, you know, after uh, the, the draft wraps around, it comes back to me and she picks right before me two times in a row. She's gotten the players that I've been thinking, oh, yeah, this guy's going to be here. I'll definitely be able to get him. So I mean, between that, looking at some of the uh, punishments that are on the generator, some a couple of them aren't that bad. Like if I get the food and drink one whenever I eventually get kicked out after looking at my roster a couple of times, like the Joey Chestnut one just have to eat a hot dog like every inning of a baseball game not bad i feel like i could do that it's punishment it's a level two punishment and that's the other thing there's levels to these punishments which makes it even more fun so if yeah. i generate another one let's see yeah so if you go to fantasylife.com slash punishments you'll see our generator and you can choose food or drink physical activity and then some of my favorites which are public shame private yeah. shame and like sam said you can get it intense one through five so what Just we're give me a food and drink one. <laughs> so
so there's yeah, tattoos in there this with your league guys you can log in you can pick a friend it doesn't have to be league wide you can have side bets do the punishment generator it can be season long or it can be weekly against the entire league like we're doing uh if you're crazy like us um but i will say something that i've learned and i don't know if you guys would agree but the two things that i've learned from an 18 team league here is there's no roster baiting i mean you the players that go off the board is just insane and then reaching isn't real right like is there such a thing as reaching when you might have to wait 34 picks until your next turn no exactly i mean i'm looking at my team and as i'm scrolling down through it and the picks that i'm making now like I was deliberating between Chase Brown and Zamir White, and I was just so full of torment as to which was going to be the right pick. And the fact that this league causes that much torment over those types of picks tells you just how deep it is. If you're praying for Kate Otten to come back to you uh, as, a, as your second tight end, you know you're down bad in this league. I mean, that, that, that's just the only way to put it. And you are scrolling down on the players that you typically just wouldn't even like wouldn't even take a look at wouldn't even care about and now in this league you're hoping that they get back to you i mean this this is a tough one for sure and look jake trowbridge one of our one of my favorite fantasy life team members he said after he drafted cooper cup which was days ago before we knew all the painful news he said look no risk no reward he said it in the group chat and i agree but at the time i didn't realize as I drafted Travis Kelsey in the first round that I would be feeling about risk and reward and Oof. pain. And yeah, so it's really anybody's punishment. You know, I mean, we've got people who waited on quarterback. We have people who waited on running back, but at the end of the day, I don't feel like anyone is really standing out above the rest. Mm -mm. Yeah, just, no. We're all too good. We're all way yeah. too good at this. Yeah. We've just been doing this for too long. We just know the things and we know each other's tendencies. But I think the part that makes it the most dire to me is the fact that every team that once they're eliminated, you can no longer pick up those players. Mm -hmm. That's the part that made like everything inside me just like shrink. And I just yeah. was like, I'm dying inside knowing That's that I just bad. like I want my options and there's zero options now. Let's go ahead and like somebody just load up my my punishment now. Set it aside <laughs> and know like whatever week it happens, just like, all right. Let's let's go get some hot dogs or something like that. And let's just let's go ahead and just have that at the ready. So then I'll just go ahead and just take my punishment and just keep it moving. It kind of puts a twist on I know Matthew Barry's ride or die this year's Amon Ra, but our team is our ride or die. Like there's no switching, there's no waivers, there's no pickups, nothing, no trading. Yep. So it's just we're sinking together, you know? Open a prayer. It's the yeah. deepest level commitment I have right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to put um, it. <laughs> But in all seriousness, uh, but yeah, guys, make sure you keep tuning in and we can keep bringing you up to speed on how the league is progressing. Maybe one of us is going to get kicked out this this week. Fingers crossed, not one of us. But when it happens, can't wait to bring all the fun and the shenanigans for you guys to check that out. But let's get to the fun stuff. Let's get to the matchups, the things that we really want to talk about. So matchups of the week. And we're going to talk about Dolphins at Chargers to kick it off. Chargers are minus three favorites with a game total of 51. I want to kick it to you first, Chris, as you've been tackling all these matchups for us over on FantasyLife.com. This is a really fun one. I'm excited. I feel like this could be a potentially high-scoring game. It's at SoFi, so I'm hoping I can maybe score tickets, but we'll see. Oh, yeah, that's right. You are West Coast. I mean, that'd be dope to actually catch this one live because out of all the games that are going on in week one, there are two games that uh, per uh, BetMGM, uh, they're uh, the Vegas betting lines. There's only two games this week that have a total point total over 50 points. It's the Chiefs and Lions that's playing tonight, and then also this game right here. So like Vegas is already trying to tell us like this is one of the matchups that you really want to be watching. And the other way that I'm looking at it, just think about going through your drafts, right? I mean, Cooter. I mean, how many times do were you were you targeting uh, Austin Eckler in the first round, or I mean, trying to pick up like Justin Herbert, or I mean like how many times did you pick up like a Chargers player, like at some point in your draft, like throughout the offseason? Oh. Was it fairly often? Look, I'll say this right now because I know we're early in on the season and I just want to throw this out there for everyone to know. I'm a bandwagon girl. I'm going to mm. jump ship all, all season long, but right now I'm all in on the Chargers. So I'm so excited to talk about this game. See, and then isn't it kind of funny that it's been something every year 
that has like a Chargers player has gotten hurt, something bad has happened to Chargers. I mean, even last season after they charger their way to losing after losing in the playoffs after having that massive lead up against the Jaguars, it's been something like every season. But everybody, I think, seems to be of the mindset that they're healthy. Uh, Offensive line looks good. They added a rookie wide receiver that everybody is like pretty okay with. So we're all in on the Chargers, right? And then on the flip side, everybody's still all in on the Dolphins as well. After seeing what Mike McDaniel was capable of doing with that offense, like after uh, after he came over from the 49ers, and we see Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, they just completely explode. I mean, even the running backs, like older running backs, like Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, like have legitimate fantasy seasons, at least useful fantasy seasons, and this high-flying, pass-happy attack that Mike McDaniels almost like conjures up out of nowhere. And now we see these two teams go at it in week one. I, I'm super excited to see how things change like from 2022 to 2023. But overall, I mean, this is going to be one of those matchups that I think everybody is going to watch. Uh, everybody's going to want to watch just because of they're not even, I take that back, not even going to want to watch it. They're also going to be forced to watch it because they're going to have so many players like from, from this game as a part of their fantasy rosters. It's just easy, so easy for me to see people just paying attention to this one, just given the names that are part of it. From Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Devin A-Chain, rookie running back that the Dolphins picked up, then all the guys that are there on the Chargers side. So from a from just a roster standpoint, this already screams fireworks just given the names that are a part of it. But then on top of that, like once you start digging into like the individual matchups and like the players are going to be involved and the potential explosiveness out of any of the uh, each of the players. And we'll get into that here in just a minute. But overall, it just already sets up as a game that I'm I was already targeting. And then after I started digging into it a bit more, it's like more and more. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be this is going to be a big one, especially for week one. Do you think this was like an NFL script moment where the, the writers were in the writing room and they were like, guys. Game total of 51. We've got these first round draft picks. Everyone's going to want to watch week one. I feel I like mean, that's going to be, you know? You, you know what? Like, now that you say that, Cooter. Feels too good. It, it almost, it, because there's like no other game on Sunday. I mean, like, of course, uh, Sunday night game, I think, is relatively interesting, right? And then the Monday night game, it's going to be, you know, the Aaron Rodgers debut and like all this other stuff. I mean, they, so they've got some interesting like storyline matchups, right? But it's just from a points standpoint, like fantasy, uh, like in fantasy interest, like that one just lines up as one that's just right out of the gate. Everybody's going to want to watch that one. Dopamine. Yes, yes, yes. The all gas, no breaks game. 100%. I think speaking of that, I'm looking at Tyreek Hill as one of those guys that I'm already, I mean, it's almost a no brainer that folks who drafted Tyreek Hill in the first round, they he was like the wide receiver three, wide receiver four off the board. I mean, behind Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. I mean, there's there's no there's really no additional analysis to say that Tyreek Hill is going to be a solid fantasy asset for the 2023 season. We know his speed. We know his target share. I mean, all of the all of the parts and pieces to a being a fantasy wide receiver that you would expect being drafted with the first three or four picks in your fantasy drafts. That's fine. But looking at his matchup against the Chargers, more and more, like, I was like, hey, this I think this is going to be a really solid week or a solid matchup for him to have one of those like Tyreek Hill, two touchdowns in the first half. If you have him on your roster, you start him in DFS. I mean, you're already thinking about how much money you're going to be printing, assuming the rest of your lineup like continues to hit as well, because. Going up against the Chargers, uh, their their slot corner, Asante Samuel Jr., like he's actually new to like not new to the Chargers, but just new to the position where he actually switched from being a, per, a perimeter corner last season to moving into the slot. And uh, actually, some of the details from beat reporters over the offseason, that was going to be one of the like that his starting role was uh, in somewhat of contention. There was a second round rookie that was also starting to show out throughout the offseason. And it was uncertain if Samuel was going to take over the starting role until about earlier this uh, early in the preseason. So like August ish time frame. So if there is some shakeup like in their secondary, I mean, the rest of their corners are fairly decent. I mean, their safety, Derwin James. Uh, I mean, they also have like the rest of their secondary is fairly solid. So if there is a place that you can attack the Chargers defense, it would be through the air one. But two, it should be through the interior. And that's where Tyreek Hill has been playing, has been running most of his, uh, most of his uh, routes from. 
50% route rate from the slot like during the preseason. Last season, his uh, route rate from the slot was almost double that of Jalen Waddles from last season. So between the two of them, I mean, of course, like they had, uh, they accrued over 60% of Tua Tugvailoa's targets uh, throughout the entire regular season when Tua was healthy. But for this particular matchup, if it is going to be the guy on the interior that's going to get most of the targets and be able to actually produce better, like on the targets that they're going to earn, Tyreek Hill, really, his matchup sets up to be the best out of the two. And I guess it kind of all already works out since Waddle is still working his way back from injury, just got back to practice this week. So look, I'm going to go on a limb here and say, if you drafted Tyreek Hill, I think you got to start him, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's yeah, that, a must start. You're going out on a limb there. I mean, yeah, yeah. for me, you know, it's a 50 50, but I'm going to go towards, yeah, stardom. You heard it here first. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think that's, I mean, I would do that. I mean, but I live, I'm more of a gambler. I live on the edge. So I can understand if folks would at least think otherwise. But I think that's, I can't go against it. I can't say no to that. No, I love that. I mean, obviously, this is going to be such a high-scoring game. It's projected to do so well. When, But you just spoke a lot about Tyreek Hill and that firepower offense. What can we st expect to see from the Chargers on the other side of the ball? Is there another must-start on there, obviously, besides Justin Herbert, that people need to have in their lineups? Right. Uh, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, of course. I mean, being one of the few running backs that have not just over 50% of the running back carries like on their team, but also uh, like over a 10% target share. I mean, that's one of that's why he was drafted so high in most drafts throughout the offseason. He literally won Pat Corain, best ball millionaire three just this past year. We can't find a similar running back like with that type of workload once you get later on into the draft. Austin Eckler, absolutely. PPR leagues, Keenan Allen, Absolutely. Once he got back from his injury, uh, his injury was last season, he led the team in red zone targets. So once the Chargers do move into the inside the Dolphins 20 yard line, I'm sure Justin Herbert will be looking to reconnect uh, with his wide receiver one from last season as well. But I'm not as sold on the idea that Mike Williams is too much of a volatile receiver that he shouldn't be considered in that uh, in that similar role that Keenan Allen has right now, where he's just he should be a part of your like lineup from a week one standpoint, uh, like regularly. I mean, last season, I mean, Mike Williams, his air yard share, almost a, like a 39 percent air yard share. I mean, that was like top 20, like in the uh, in the league when he was healthy. I mean, also, like once he got back, he was still second in, on the team, like in red zone targets as well. So while I think a lot of folks still look at Mike Williams as being more of a contested target catcher, I mean, and he's more the, like the jump ball receiver, volatile from a week-to-week -week standpoint. His average depth of target started to drop over the last couple of seasons, more into the 10, 11-yard range, which is more compatible with being at like a wide receiver one for your team. So he's not having those deep downfield targets. He still earns those. He still has most of the downfield targets like for, for the Chargers. And also he's the one that comes down with them more often than not. I mean, versus Joshua Palmer, Michael Bandy, DeAndre Carter, and any of the other ancillary receivers that the Chargers have put out over the past couple of seasons. So he has a shot at being the explosive downfield receiver. He also has the chance to be the number one receiver like on that team in terms of the amount of air yards that he earns on a week-to-week -week basis. He's also the receiver that uh, Justin Herbert will look for once they get down to the red zone. That all sounds like a wide receiver one for me as well. So while a number of fantasy managers will look at Keenan Allen as being like the safe option because he's used primarily in obvious passing situations when Justin Herbert wants to help like try and, uh, try and move the chains and all of that, completely get it. Austin Eckler, easy target as well, because he's going to be the one that gets most of the dump off passes, most of the looks on third downs as well. But from a total, like for in its totality, like Mike Williams will still be up there in targets along with Keenan Allen, along with Austin Eckler. And especially once they get into the red zone, he'll continue to earn those looks as well. So I'm seeing Mike Williams as one of the better targets, like for like the underrated targets like on the, on the Chargers offense, because everybody look at Keenan, everybody look at Austin Eckler, and with the hype for Quentin Johnston, the rookie that they drafted, I think Mike Williams might fly under the radar, but looking at this Chargers defense, I think that might be the one that actually has just as good of a game, if not better, than Keenan Allen or Austin Eckler. 
And I feel like Mike Williams and Justin Herbert had this like four or five game. It was early on in 2022, I believe, right? Where they just, they were in sync. They won mm -hmm. weeks for me. I remember I had the, the stack on that and it just felt good. And I just want to go back to Justin Herbert for a second, because do you know who was ranked second in quarterbacks and passing yards in 2021? third in touchdowns in 2021 for quarterbacks, second in passing yards again for 2022 while he was injured. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, look, Fantasy Life, if you go to fantasylife.com, you check out our rankings for the year. Right now, and I get it, we have Justin Herbert ranked at seventh for quarterback, but I think he has top five potential. What do you guys think? No, I love that. I think especially given the weapons that Chris just outlined in terms of you know pass catchers there for, for the Chargers. I think there's nothing but, you know, sky's the limit in terms of his potential. And obviously, as long as everyone stays healthy, but now with the given addition of Quentin Johnston that you brought up when it comes to the pass catchers, you know, Mike Williams had some injuries, Keenan Allen had some injuries. They still have a lot of viable options. When you compare them to other offenses, it doesn't seem like they're going to be able to take a break or that Justin Herbert will be looking too far for the next target in terms of who is going to get the ball next. And don't forget about Gerald Everett, too. I, oh, I, of course. He's oh, one yeah. of those tight ends that, I mean, if you don't get, you know, the Kelseys and the Wallers and the Kittles, I'm very comfy late round tight end going Gerald Everett. Oh, Definitely. yeah. I mean, this is the same offense last season uh, to what you were talking about, Cooter, that with Justin Herbert being injured, without Rayshon Slater, like their star starting left tackle, this offense was still top six, top seven in pass rate over expectation, also still top 10 in pass rate over expectation once they got into the red zone. So Justin Herbert might have been nursing, what did he have, like a busted like so rib cartilage, if I'm remembering correctly? Yeah. I think yeah. Week three too. So it was early right. on. Just, yeah, the whole season. And he was still slinging it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't so need if, to breathe. That's fine. Yeah, apparently not. Like he doesn't need to breathe, doesn't need to, you know, try and protect his body or anything like that. The man's putting it all out on the line. And now he's back healthy. Offensive line is healthy as well. All of his pass catchers are healthy. If you didn't get any of the Chargers pass catchers from Gerald Everett, who I've been harping on as an awesome, like late round tight end target, like 100% agree with you, Cooter. Uh, if you haven't got any of the pass catchers, definitely pick up Justin Herbert, just given the fact that he's been in the top 10 conversation for t uh, for quarterbacks from a fantasy standpoint since he got drafted. And then now with all of his pass catchers healthy, he's healthy, offensive line is healthy. And having this like explosive matchup in week one, we can really see him start to cement himself, not just in the top 10 conversation, but he could move into that top five conversation if we start to see more of his scrambling and a little bit of his mobility. Because he, I mean, he can boogie out in the open field if he needs to but we just haven't seen it and probably didn't see a lot of it last year because he had busted ribs look i don't know if a lot of analysts are talking about this but he can barbecue he barbecues for the team i did lot. not know that yes he can barbecue he returns his grocery carts so Ooh. i feel like <laughs> that's a good stat right there <laughs> yes green flag green flag top five potential i mean how can you argue against it no, and uh, so this is a new stat that I did not know about, but like grocery carts over expected. I mean, mm -hmm. so you're telling me Justin Herbert is like uh, number one? hundred percent. Yeah. GCOE, Justin Herbert, number one, huh? There you go. Ooh, I love gotta that. Go back to, you got to add that to the model. We'll, I'll have a meeting with Dwayne McFarlane like after after this show. We'll make sure that he adjusts the ranks accordingly. I think that it's important to capture that. That's a character trait. And I think that it immediately plays into his upside this season. Love it. Here. We definitely agree. We've talked a lot of upside in terms of this game, but is there anything that has you guys worried? I mean, in terms of who you wouldn't want to start, there's a lot of, you know, there's a mixed backfield there for the Dolphins. Anyone that were hesitant to start? Chris? I'm slightly hesitant about Raheem Mostert. I wouldn't okay. say that it's a, I'm completely fading him, but I think it goes back to who you drafted or how you draft. Because let's say if you just did your normal, like fairly standard type of approach to building your roster, it's a PPR league, 12 teams, and you drafted, let's say three, maybe four running backs before Mostert came up in terms of ADP, right? Because Mostert has like double digits-ish in terms of his, uh, his draft or average draft cost. So if you have three uh, running backs on your roster already, Alexander Madison, any of the early round running backs, and I don't know, throw in an Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson here, like whomever out of the middle round. So if you've got other options in front of you, 
I'm not saying you were probably rushing to shoehorn Mostert into your starting roster anyway. But let's say if you had, uh, you went the zero RB route, heavy wide receivers, you got Justin Herbert, uh, one of the elite tight ends, uh, and then afterwards you're scrambling at the running back position and now Mostert is probably like your RB2, RB3. And if you have a decision point to make whether or not to start him, that's where I would potentially look at other options. If you're forced to start him, okay, that might be fine. He's going to get the a majority of the carries, especially with Jeff Wilson sitting on IR. Devin A. Chain, he just returned to practice within the, last, uh, within the last week or so because of the shoulder injury that he's been nursing. So I get it. I mean, high volume, uh, all, uh, projected for high volume touches in a game that should score a ton of points. I mean, it all makes sense that you would want to start him. My only concern is the injury to Teron Armstead. I mean, so their so their offensive lineman, their star offensive lineman, he's been he's been down for the last week or so. Didn't practice today, if memory serves. And my only concern uh, with Teron Armstead being out is the fact that without Teron Armstead, Raheem Mostert's explosive run rate has dipped down from about 15.5% to 13%. So not a huge like not a huge difference, but just something that for a guy like Mostert. We know that that's where most of his bread is buttered in terms of being able to rip off some of those long runs. Can't really look at him as the, you know, every down grinder like, a, you know, Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Pierce, like those types of guys. So if there is a chance so there are the probability of him hitting one of those long runs is kind of lessened. It's just, again, I would just look elsewhere. In addition, most only had about 39 targets last season. Not, I mean, Tua wasn't really looking his way all that often. This was also a team that once they got into the red zone, two was still throwing at the third, fourth highest rate once they got into the red zone. Uh, the Dolphins' pass rate over expectation in the red zone was about five, or no, just over 6%. The Bengals were just slightly ahead of them. The Bills were slightly behind them. And I think the Chiefs, I mean, the Chiefs continue passing. Mahomes passes like wherever they're at. It doesn't matter where they're on the field. But so if the Dolphins' tendency is to throw once they get into the red zone, and Mostert isn't really a part of that. That was more of Jeff Wilson's bag. And they also have Devon A-Chain, who that was his calling card in college. Is Mostert going to get the requisite touches to really pay off like trying to start him in this matchup? So while I think all the logic is there for him to be in your starting roster, should get most of the touches, high-scoring matchup, I mean, all those things. It's just without Teron, Teron Armstead there, and now with the presence of a pass-catching running, running back in Devon A-Chain, which we don't know what his workload is going to look like, it's just enough for me to look at my roster, see if I have other options, and then kind of make the call from there. And to piggyback off of that, I, I'm nervous about the entire backfield just because of those issues you've said, like the fact that they're passing so much and we've got injuries with A-Chain and... I, we just don't know what the usage is going to be yet. So I personally don't have a ton of Miami running backs in the leagues that I'm in. Maybe I'm a little skittish. Um, love Waddle, love Hill. But yeah, that's kind of where I fall too. I think the only shares that I have currently are some a lot of Devon A-Chain just in terms of late because I was holding off on um, running backs in some leagues and I felt like the value was really good if they pop off because obviously Wilson and Mostert have a significant injury history so A-Chain has really great opportunity should any of them or both of them be down um, in any given week. Of course, it's not great that he started off the season with a shoulder injury. So just adding to the fact that they'll probably all be rotating in and out. But to have that in the back pocket in terms of just someone that has that potential later in the season when other running backs end up hurt and across other rosters, I think that's why I have so much of him. But besides him and besides that backfield, is there any other pause that we have for this game? Because it's projected so high. And I think clearly, I mean, we're all so high on the Miami offense. We're high on the Chargers. I mean, Cooter, how many shares of different Chargers players do you have? It sounds like you probably have a lot. Oh, yeah. I do. I've been trying to get, you know, like I said, Herbert, if I'm not getting, I, my, I went in this draft season and I was like, if I'm not getting the top three quarterbacks, I'm, I used to say, wait till late. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. to the very end, but I was comfy taking Justin Herbert in those kind of middle rounds. I was very comfortable with that. So yeah, I have him got Eckler happy, have Everett in one or two. Yeah. I love it. Like I said, bandwagon girl, I'm here for the chargers. Should we pick who's going to win this game? I mean, do I have Twitter, to you say? go first? Yeah, I say mean, it. I'm all in on the Chargers. Let's go. Love it. Chris, how about you? 
I'll go with the Chargers. I'll give the home team the advantage on this one. You know what? I like that energy, and I'm going to do Chargers as well and just keep it all encompassing, and Chargers are going to take the win. Clean sweep. Um, clean sweep for the Chargers. And before we get to more matchups, let's go ahead and talk about Paramount+. Plus. I'm super excited for all the games that are featured there and can't wait to catch them this season. Paramount Plus is your streaming home to catch every local NFL on CBS game this season. Paramount Plus gives you an all-access pass to 24-7 NFL content all week long with CBS Sports HQ, Fantasy Football Today, NFL Slime Time, and more. Stream the NFL on CBS with Paramount Plus on any device at home or on the go. So now let's go ahead and talk about the next matchup that I think is pretty high on our list. Texans at Ravens. Ravens are a minus nine point favorite for, with a game total of 43 and a half. Love this matchup. I know I'm a Steelers fan, not really hiding it very well, but I'm still super excited to see what the Ravens are going to look like with this new offense. Cooter, I want you to kick it off in terms of what you're looking forward to in terms of this matchup. Absolutely. Look, I'm... I, maybe I'm a quarterback girl. I don't know. Cause I'm all in on, I'm on Lamar Jackson too. I'm you look back at his last two seasons in 2021, he had 16 touchdowns and 2022, 17 touchdowns, but now they've added to all this wide receiver. You know, you got Zay flowers in there. Hopefully Rashad Bateman's healthy. And I think this is his comeback year. What do you guys think? It could potentially be, I mean, obviously he's healthy and he's got new pass catchers available to him. Chris. Yeah, I think that's the thing I'm most excited about for this matchup. It's just the unveiling of the Todd Munkin, Lamar Jackson, you know, brainchild of an offense like for this season. Because while I was slightly, I would say in my in my heart of hearts, was I uh, at least thinking Lamar Jackson might leave Baltimore. I mean, for full disclosure, I'm a Bengals fan. So like any, you know, discontinuity or chaos in the AFC North, I'm all about it. But let's go ahead and make that happen. Get my Bengals back to the AFC championship game. Oh, forget that. Like, what am I, why am I trying to sell a short? We're going back to the Super Bowl. Okay. I <laughs> but I want, I, but I want to see this also. I want to see Lamar Jackson put in a situation where he's set up for success because that's been the formula for so many other prolific quarterbacks that have become like fantasy icons for us. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, up until last year where he just needed Travis Kelsey, apparently. Uh, Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, like Kirk Cousins. I mean, not to say that he belongs in the same tier as the rest of those guys. Gets Justin Jefferson, Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase. I mean, and on it. I mean, Jalen Hurts, Devonta Smith, and A.J. Brown. I mean, it's just been the formula for so many passing offenses because needing multiple wide receivers or at least one strong wide receiver has been the case for. I mean, just for the past couple of seasons. So it's now seeing Lamar Jackson. Not saying he has those level of receivers, but now just actual receivers. Like, do y'all remember like his? rookie or like his first season as a starter do you know who his wide receiver one was throw it out there who is it throw it out yeah i'm not sure marquise brown okay. you know how many okay. yards he had like marquise brown's rookie season like 500 oh i was close with 600 all right is it like so that's the level i mean he was throwing to demarcus robinson last year <laughs> i mean how sad is that like a guy that a guy that won the mvp award I mean, unanimously, but yeah. his wide receiver core has been manned by either, uh, you know, cast off some other teams, wide receiver twos at best. Uh, I mean, because who was it? Devin Duvernay was catching. I mean, the, the special teams guys. But now to see him in a fully operational battle station with, say, Flowers, Odell Beckham, Rashad Bateman, assuming he's healthy and ready to go. I mean, this is what I would I've always wanted to see, like for Lamar, so that all of the questions about whether or not he can be an actual functional NFL quarterback should be answered this season. And so, and for, but for our purposes, for fantasy purposes, now we get to see how the Ravens want to deploy this, this multifaceted passing attack. Is it going to be, I mean, Rashad Bateman playing more of the X receiver type role as we saw in bits and pieces of last last year and the year beforehand, because he can play on the outside. I mean, if not moving into the slot, okay, fine. But then who's going to play opposite him? Is it Odo Beckham still have enough in the tank? 
Is it going to be Zay Flowers and all of the highlight reels we've seen from him throughout the offseason? But I think he got the nickname Joystick, even though that nickname's been used like, I don't know, two or three times like in the NFL <laughs> history so far. Uh, but like, because didn't know, uh, oh God, what was the running back's name? Tariq Cohen. Uh, I think he also had the nickname Joystick uh, from the Bears, uh, however, many, however many years ago that was. But that's what I'm most interested in. That's the thing I'm most excited about. Who is out there in two receiver sets? How often are they going to flip to using 11 personnel or having three receivers out there on the field at the time? And then how does Lamar use them? Is he going to be passing, taking deep shots, working the intermediate parts of the field? And then with being able to spread out opposing defenses, is he just going to run roughshod over, over the Texans defense? So just I'm really fascinated to see how this entire offense now comes together uh, with Lamar Jackson under center. And afterwards, I think we get to like pick apart like what are the best pieces of it? Is it going to be Bateman? Is it going to be Zay Flowers or, or whatever? But I'm just excited to see it unveiled. And honestly, with Zay Flowers, I think we have him on Fantasy Life ranked like wide receiver 40. I feel like mm -hmm. he's one of those guys that hopefully you've been paying attention to our articles and our newsletter all offseason because if you got him and he's on your bench, I truly think he's going to produce for you this season. And he's going to be one of those guys that you're just like, how did I get him so low? You know what I mean? I think he's Absolutely. Gonna pop off, as the kids say. It's going to pop off. It's going to pop off. Love well, it. yeah, because from uh, from a yards after after the catch standpoint, he's been one of the more if uh, like one of the more explosive receivers in the league, like when healthy. Uh, but then also from a target share standpoint, we started to see him separate from the other wide receivers uh, when again when he was healthy. But the second caveat to that is that his target competition wasn't wasn't really all that much to blink at. I mean, again, he was competing with Demarcus Robinson, Devin Duvernay. Right. So there wasn't really a ton for us to take away from that. So now with legitimate wide receivers, uh, also having uh, you know still the offensive line from me, and of course a strong running game with J.K. Dobbins in the backfield. I mean, we'll actually see this be more of a functional offense than we have in your, or I guess not even functional offense, a modern offense compared to what we see throughout the rest of the AFC North. And I feel like that's something we kind of forgot about, or at least I did for a little while too, but there was like that heavy cloud of injuries for Baltimore and running backs, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? And so, like you said, yeah, we finally can hopefully see what Lamar Jackson can do with a healthy, healthy team. Yeah. I mean, that's what we love about week one. Everyone's fully healthy and we get to finally see how these are all going to shake out. I think for me personally, it's really hard for me to buy in too much on some of these receivers because it's been year in and year out. This is going to be the next guy. This is the next big one. But Mark Andrews is still there, and he's still so consistent in the passing game, and that's why we draft him as high as we do in terms of the tight end position. So, I mean, am I alone in this that I'm just uh, – it's not that I'm not confident. It's just that I'm so hesitant. I mean, there's some people that are really excited about some of the receivers more than others. I have one person in a work league that took OBJ in the third round. So some people are a little higher than others, but that's why we do work leagues, so we can win them, right? Yeah. And I think you're right. using the smart part of your brain, Sam, when you're saying you're hesitant. I'm going to use the dumb part of my brain and say, I love shiny new toys and shiny new <laughs> things. And I'm so excited to see how this goes with Zay. No, I get that. I mean, he is a shiny new toy. And, you know, he's got the speed. He's got the youth. And obviously, the reason why, I'm sure there's many reasons why, but Lamar re-signed. But they're feeding him weapons. They're doing the things to make him successful and building around him in the way that you should. And the way you do that is by doing exactly what they just did. So maybe I'm just being skeptical because I've been burned in the past and someone that drafted, you know, Bateman last year. Maybe it's just my own personal bias that I need to get past. But I think it's it is going to be fun to see how they shape up. Are they going to all have to be utilized as much in this game, though, because they are playing the Texans and it's no offense to them. But I feel like the running game is going to be where you want to be starting your players here. Yeah, I, I think that's one of my biggest concerns about this game in general is we might not see a ton of just passing in general because they might not have to do it as much. Uh, so last season, after the trade for Roquan Smith, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, their defense allowed just one single 100-yard rusher throughout the remainder of the season. And if memory serves, I think they only allowed two or three more like rushing touchdowns, like to running backs. There might have been a uh, quarterback or two that that found the paint. But with them being so strong as a as a rush defense, 
They do have some problems at corner. I mean, Marcus Peters currently injured. Their CB2 situation, not that great. So while CJ Stroud might be able to get a couple of passes off to Nico Collins, who's been the, you know, the late round-ish round, -ish round uh, like wide receiver that folks have started to clamor onto, he might get a couple of shots off to him. Tank Dell, uh, who we have a dynasty rookie profile on on fantasylife.com. Go and check that out when you get a chance. I mean, he's been kind of a underrated like rookie, uh, but still how often, like how much or how easy is it going to be for the Texans to move the ball? I don't see it to be quite honest. So if this is going to be one of those bloodbaths where you know, the first few drives for the Texans are going to be three and out, three and out, and then it's just Lamar walking them up and down the aisle. I mean, for the majority of the game, could we see him sitting out in the fourth quarter? Because it's not like that hasn't happened before either. So I, I do have some concerns about just whatever the game state is going to be once we get into, you know, middle-ish part of the second half. It could be an absolute blowout. I, if an, I think, Sam, like you were saying, it, aren't they like 10-point favorites or something like that? Uh, minus nine. There we go. So, yeah, th there's definite concern that we might just see bits and pieces of the new Baltimore uh, passing offense. And then afterwards, they just run out the clock, literally. Hooter, what are your takes? I mean, the only, yeah, it's the, the excitement that we had earlier for the first game. We talked about Chargers, Dolphins. That's gone right now. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's the Ravens game. I, if you have Damian Pierce, that's fine. He almost broke a thousand yards in 2022, which actually he was ranked right in between um, Pollard and Eckler, which is that's exciting. But he only had four touchdowns. I don't know where this offense is going to go. So I'm not excited. I'm I mean. Do we want to talk about who we think is going to win this one? You want to sweep it again? I mean, Raven. we're showing our hands a little bit with just the way that we're feeling, but I'll mm -hmm. go first. I'm, I'm leaning Ravens. I think they're going to take it. Yeah, I mean, I've crunched the numbers here, and it's, it's going to be the Ravens for me, too. Uh, I mean, my, my head says Ravens, but my heart also says Ravens. Yeah, it's, it's going to have to be the Ravens for me on that one, too. Another clean sweep. Week one, we're doing clean sweeps to bring, to begin it all off. And let's go ahead and just do some more rapid fires to go through some of these matchups. Chris, I know you've done a lot of write-ups this week. I want to get through a couple of these. Let's start off with Tennessee versus the Saints. How are we feeling there? So on the Tennessee side, I'm really looking to see how like Traylon Burks looks in year two opposite DeAndre Hopkins. And then also the other part that at least slightly concerns me uh, is just really what is Derrick Henry's workload going to look like? Tajay Spears has popped off throughout the preseason. Uh, he almost profiles like from an athletic standpoint as the guy that could take over for Derrick Henry once they wind up moving on for him because I believe his contract is up after this season. So if they wind up, you know, trying to ease him in at some point once the Titans uh, get knocked out of playoff contention, which won't be till later on in the, in the season, but does that, you know, does Henry's workload start to decrease over over the year but for week one against the Saints uh, rush defense should at least be okay he might not return like those Henry S type performances as we've seen over the past couple of seasons but for week one from a volume standpoint like he should be okay uh, on the Saints side I guess my only concern is what is Jamal Williams really going to do uh, like once they get into the red zone Derek Carr uh, like he was about average in terms of passer expectation once he got into the red zone when he was with the Raiders. I mean, do they try and acquiesce to like his passing tendencies? And if so, do they really want to try and use Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, uh, Juwan Johnson? I mean, all of the options that he has in order to get the ball into the end zone. Or do they try and use Jamal Williams the same way that he was used in Detroit as a battering ram and get him into the end zone? Because it's not like we're expecting a ton of targets to go Jamal Williams way anyway. So. If the Saints, I mean, I believe they should be able to move the ball fairly easily against the Tennessee Titans secondary. But once they get into the red zone, will Williams actually get the requisite workload to really return value? I get wanting to start him this weekend. It's almost the same logic for wanting to start Raheem Mostert. Part of a fairly, not as good as the Dolphins, obviously, but part of a team that should be able to move the ball fairly efficiently in a matchup that's, you know, middle-ish in terms of scoring potential, and he should be getting most of the volume there as well. But just my only concern will be once they get into the red zone, 
Is he going to get those touches? Is he going to get everything that he needs in order to really return value before Kendra Miller gets healthy and forces a timeshare? Alvin Kamara comes back in a few weeks, and then it, you know, completely he gets moved into the background. So at least for week one, I get one to start him, but I'm just slightly concerned about what the Saints are going to look like with Derek Carr in the center. Look, I'm going to be in the Superdome on Sunday, so I just want oh, everybody so to know whenever the Saints score, I just want you to just kind of cup your ear a little bit and listen because the scream is going to be me, okay? It's going to be All me right. just yelling with joy as we take them down. So yeah. And if you got good seats, can you toss Jamal like some beignets so that he can figure out like how to say it and everything? Because I remember oh, that, that being a thing early in the off season. Yeah. Like anime and Pokemon cards, so I'll, I might have to pocket some and bring them in. Or just oh, throw yeah. him like a gift card to Cafe Du Monde or something like that, so he can get some. <laughs> yep, there you go. I mean, if you just put them in an anime like colored bag, maybe then he'll like get the beignets and he'll be more enticed because you got to lead him in with the Pokemon in the anime. There At least you that's, go. The, that's the takeaway. So, yeah. Cooter, are you saying you're taking the, the Saints for the win here? I, uh, yes, Homer. Saints all the way. I'm not even nervous. Not even nervous. Don't I like play that, Chris. Back if we lose, I'm not <laughs> even nervous. Chris, what about you? I'm at least praying we'll see uh, Jamal twerking in the end zone in the Superdome. So, yeah, I'll go with the Saints. Okay. You know what? I've got a lot, like an unhealthy amount of Chris Olave on multiple leagues. So I'm going to have to just go Saints here because I really want to see him rip one off and just go there nuts. Go. So another clean sweep. Another go. clean sweep. Are we going to do it the whole time we go through these no, matchups? I'm kind of. All right. So somebody has to. All right. We have to agree right now who's just going to be the, the contrarian. We just have to pick one now. Just so the last one, you've got to pick the opposite of what everyone else does. Yeah. So we, just, we have to be fair and just go ahead and say who's going to be the contrarian now. I'll do it. I don't me. want to. Right. I'm seeing the next matchup. I don't want I'll to do it. Long. I'll be rooting for the teams that are going to lose. You hear it here. Love it. All right. All right. Let's talk about this next one. We've got Philadelphia at New England. Let's go. Obviously, they're feeling the sting from the Super Bowl loss. So are they going to come out strong against Bill Belichick? Cooter, let's go to you first on this one. I said that I would be contrarian here. So on paper, I'll be back. contrarian. But yeah, I really take this back. This one is just... I mean, look, I'm excited to watch Ramondre and some of these other pieces of New England, but Philadelphia, I mean, they're just stacked at every part of their offense and defense. So sure, call me contrarian. New England's going to win. Let's go. <laughs> you know, you're just really high on Juju Smith being the number one wide receiver there. You know, right. I, I get it. There's just a lot to be excited about. You know, they're, they're going to run the ball. Mac Jones doesn't need anyone else except they did end up re-signing the quarterbacks that they all cut because that quarterback room got lonely real quick. So I'm sure they're going to be just fine this weekend. But Chris, what do you think? Could the Eagles edge them out? Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Eagles. I mean, one of the top scoring offenses from 2022, uh, returning all of their offensive line. Uh, I mean, they have just one of the best pass catching groups uh, like in the league. Yeah, I think despite Bill Belichick adding a bit more firepower to his defense, uh, he'll he'll be able. I mean, they, I think you know Hurts and the Eagles will be able to get past them on this one. I'm gonna put the hurt on the Patriots a little bit. Yeah, and look, yep. I know well I, talk, I know I talked total package earlier with Justin Herbert and all his other you know qualities, but I do want to throw this out there. I read an article today that Bill Belichick and his girlfriend broke up. And oh no! The entire New England's like coaching staff is on edge allegedly so maybe maybe the eagles do take this one you know now oh, that we man. now that we have all the context and you have all yeah. the pieces of the puzzle you See, know now you now you give now you come in with the hard-hitting analysis and you say that like why didn't you say that up top <laughs> but yeah oh i God. mean you know outside the locker room there's drama I mean, it's not like he, Bill didn't already have like a villain-esque type of storyline, but throw in like this is like an origin story level of like a season, you know, just started off with a little bit of hurt. I mean, and then you just take that into some wins. I mean, you know, I, I've been discounting the Patriots a lot, but maybe this is the fuel that he needed to the fire to, to no get those wins going. Yeah. Right. No distractions. Yeah. Just <laughs> can't. I'm dying. No, I mean, I've gotten a, a crazy amount of Jalen in a lot of leagues, too. And I have one dynasty league that I am a repeat champion in. Ooh, yes, I am. All because right. I got Jalen Hurts as my QB1. So very much leaning on the Eagles to win this one. So not a clean sweep because, you know, Cooter, you a are a woman of your word. Sticking with the Patriots. Um, 
But yeah, some amazing matchups. Any final things that you guys want to cover in terms of just the game that you cannot wait to watch? I know, Chris, you want to watch your Bengals. I know, Kuder, you already talked about your Saints, but is there just like one other player that you just can't wait to watch this weekend? I mean, I gotta, I gotta piggyback. Jamal Williams is my boy. I just hope he scores this weekend. I'll be happy. That's all I need. You know, just a couple beers and some touchdowns from Jamal Williams. That's it. There you go. Uh, I think for me, I want to see this Packers offense. I want to see, I mean, they're going up against Chicago this weekend. I mean, they were like dead. I mean, Chicago is dead last in terms of fantasy points allowed to the quarterback position. Uh, I'm thinking that's where uh, I mean, seeing Christian Watson popping up on the injury report. Might see more of Jaden Reed, who's been one of my favorite late round targets. So if that's like if they if they don't have Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs has also been battling injury. If Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave, the rookie tight end, get featured in this game, I really want to see how well Reed performs in uh, in his first week. Uh, but I'm I, again overall just looking at the Packers offense and what it's going to look like Aaron Rodgers less. Love that. And then we just got this news in. Joe Burrow has officially signed his new deal. There we go. Five-year extension, $275 million with $219 guaranteed. He deserves that is spicy, but agreed, Cooter. He deserves every penny. And I'm sure, Chris, you probably agree with that. I'm very happy. Uh, <laughs> the, my only concern, though, is just what, are the, what other dominoes fall after that. I mean, obviously, Chase is going to get re-signed. I'm hoping that they do their best to also retain T for another few years because I know his contract will be up soon. Uh, but no, that's, that's, the, that's the major domino that needed to fall. Now let's just go out and let's get a Lombardi uh, with this crew that we've got in place. So let's, let's, let's go. Go Joe. Go Bengals. Let, let's do it. I feel like that's like the perfect note to just end it on, right? We're all high yeah. hopes. We're ready to go. Week yep. one's about to start. No, absolutely. I want I want nothing but all the, the high of the, coming off the drafts, coming off good news. We've got football back. And then I cannot wait for Monday and night and Tuesday morning, the heartache being mm -hmm. ripped across all of us in terms of all of our leagues and the overreaction. So make sure you guys... Like, subscribe, tune in for next week to see the high that we're on now. Probably come crashing down, but then also come back up because what's great about week two is we've got a little bit of stats and so much more analysis to bring on top of that to take it into the rest of the season. So guys, make sure you like and subscribe, tune in and join us next week for another episode of the Fantasy Life Podcast, Matchups Edition. Have a wonderful week and good luck to all of you.